The Youthscape Podcast. Well, Happy New Year and welcome back after a short break to the Youthscape Podcast. Um, if you are one of our diehard listeners, yes. I think we have two of those, yes, we do. Um, then you, you haven't been able to do, you know, no. normal life for the last and two I weeks. I think I probably was on Twitter just hand-holding and maybe talking to them. Yeah. Off air. Like a personal concierge. Yes, because we love you and we love the sound of our own voice as well. So it's a new year. <laughs> new I, year! Woohoo! We should probably, uh, how long after New Year is it okay to keep saying Happy New Year for? Well, I think it's the first time you see people, isn't it, who are quite okay. significant to you. Well, the podcast Well, there we go. Happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year. You're very special to us. What we should do, occasionally I feel like we should add a, a, a layer of professionalism. To and have a podcast. jingle. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Um, but uh, we should introduce ourselves. I'm Martin Saunders, right, okay. and I'm the Director of Innovation here at Youthscape. And you most look like, in, in celebrity land, you most uh, look Sue like... Perkins. Brilliant. And I am Rachel Gardner, and I'm still on adoption leave, but very excited to be back in Youthscape Towers today. Who's the celebrity that you most look like? Well, when I was younger and less tired, it was Cat Dealey. I was, I was mistaken. Oh, yeah, on the street. you did. You still look but a now, bit like Cat Dealey. I think I'm just Nora Bassey. I think no, I try me You don't see Cat Dealey anymore. No, where is Cat Dealey? Did she break America? She might have done. Oh, no, that was Donald Trump. Or Brexit. <laughs> so there we go. So hello, happy New Year, everybody. We think you're awesome. We hope that really exciting things are in store for you. And definitely in the world of Youthscape podcast, some very exciting things are in store for you this year. Yeah, very exciting. And we've got a whole host of great guests coming up. We have. Uh, of course. So what we tend to do is a little bit of... You sort of get through you and me yes. chatting, yeah. and then then you have a substantial interview mm-hmm. with a, a person who is of interest to our listenership. Yes. So somebody who's involved in youth ministry or or has got something to say into youth ministry. Uh, and we've got some absolutely brilliant people coming up. Uh, in the, I was going to say in this season, but we don't really have seasons. Well, we can pretend it's a season. It looks like a new it series. It like a season, doesn't it? Because we've got all this new professionalism and everything. We have this new professionalism that nobody is picking up on. Yeah. The lovely thing is that some things are brand new and some things never change, listeners. He's still wearing blue jeans. He's still wearing a blue jumper. And he's still wearing brown brogues. I wash I them. I work on it. I, wash, I don't wash the shoes, but I wash them. So I'll tell you something weird yes. that happened yeah, tell me. before Christmas. Somebody sent me in the post... A bag of t-shirts. Ooh. Um, no, t-shirts, t-shirts with weird, like movie, obscure, like movie stuff on them, which made me think it was a gift. But there was no like tag on it, and nobody has since taken responsibility yeah, for it. The strangest things that happen yeah. to you. So Are look, you I've wearing, got look. Oh, this is Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. I'm yeah, he's a transformer. So sneakily under this jumper that we know and love so well, there's yeah. new things happening. There's often something Life strange happening underneath. <laughs> bursting through. That's fine. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so do we need to talk about what happened over Christmas? We need a Christmas year? debrief. That's a Christmas debrief. Um, How was your Christmas? I did Christmas with family. How was the turkey? Uh, my, I mean, this isn't answering that question, but we had injuries to the illnesses oh, in my family, so it's a bit of a, happen. bit of a pain. Um, but what about you? What do you do Christmas Day? Well, we had a few folks from our church come round, and my goddaughter come round, and then we, we, and again, remember, dear listeners, that we are actually very naughty recording this before the day, so I'm going to tell you what I am going to you do. You are terrible. Can't, you can't lie. You can't lie. You literally can't lie. My scheme 
is, I have discovered that there's a family in my, in my church that has a very big house. I've discovered they've invited two families to bring their kids around in the afternoon to play. We are going to gate crash that. Nice. We are, because nice. Christmas Day afternoon, I honestly, by about three o'clock, I'm like, I want to go somewhere. I get like this wanderlust. I'm like, I can't, I can't stay indoors. With the same people I've been with since 9am indoors. No, that's, so we are so going to get crash that That's, that's a great idea. I, don't, I can't believe you've broken the whole, I'm, yeah, you know, the, sorry, the lie. I've broken the podcast. So, so, so back to the beginning of January. Should we so tell all the other tricks as well? Yeah, what's Who the really tricks? wrote the girl deconstruction project? <laughs> me! I did it! We've read it. Was it really you? It was me. It, it was seems me. unlikely. <laughs> it's very well written. Are you sure? Oh, anyway. Fine. All right, fine. You've broken it now. Yes. So, but what, what else do we need to do? Green yes. Well, well, this this has actually happened actually in the happened. past. Yes. Because we are recording this after this has happened. Yeah. But we had uh, so at my church, as we know, I'm the youth worker. Don't like to mention it. And uh, the uh, the church have a Christmas carol service that is traditionally run by the young people. Awesome. So we call it contemporary carols. I think a lot of churches do contemporary carols. And so we have it completely run by the young people. And because I've got, like, you know, a great contact book, I invited the best youth speaker I know Love to it. come and speak at our contemporary house service. But Mike Archie was not available. Oh, dear. So then I called you. And I was like, I'll do it! I'll do it! Me, me, me! Please! <laughs> it was extraordinary how eager you I were. I was so eager. You I were really so eager. eager. So I love it. It's such a privilege. And you, yes. and you did our contemporary house. It, it was lovely. It was a lovely service. I we went all awesome. hipster. We did. We had fairy lights and, you know, That's everywhere. Facial and, hair, pre-pubescent teens. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we had rugs on the floor and it was it was, it was awesome. It's yeah. also about Jesus, of it course. Great. Um, great. But great rugs. And um, and it was great to have lots of young people mm. there and you came and it was, it was great. And then after that, we ran, you weren't at this, but um, we invited people at the event to come and join us for mm. a Christmas dinner, um, like, a, like a few days later. And we had a whole bunch of young people turn up um, off the back of that. So, uh, so it was, we had a great, mm. a great time. And then I had a health and safety nightmare. So I'd had this idea. Uh -oh. I wanted to make it snow. And so uh, what, I, what I wanted a finale for our Christmas extravaganza at church. We had a load of young people, it was brilliant. And uh, the idea was going to make it snow. Uh, <laughs> so you don't know this, do you? No. So, um, so I went to Homebase. Other DIY stores are available. And I, uh, I found this artificial snow stuff that you can make. They sell it, worryingly, like test tubes. Ooh. So you, like um, foam, so it's it? like expanding. Balls, it's not polystyrene no. balls. It's like a water-based thing. Okay. And so we we made up a tube of this, and it said, "Oh, one tube makes one liter of snow." It's a bit and of course, watch list if you buy it. Well. I, I worry that it might do when you buy like 20, oh, 20 tubes of it. Ooh. So we made up what was allegedly twenty liters of snow. But it wasn't quite right, and then we had this blower. Ooh. This massive, like it's like a gigantic hairdryer, which mm -hmm. the previous youth worker bought, and I don't know what it's for. Um, but often people use it to pretend they're in a Beyonce video. So they stand in front of it and have this, I mean, it's really powerful, this, this air blower thing. And so we, the idea was at the end of the night, by surprise, we would, um, we would suddenly shower, the, the, yeah, whip out the blower and then shower the young people outside. We'd get them outside and we'd shower them with fake snow and it would snow, be brilliant. Anyway, we then did a bit of a risk assessment, badly. And we were told that actually it would make more sense to do it inside because this stuff was quite difficult to, to 
to clean up off grass and okay. off of the ground. <laughs> so, uh, so we should just do it inside and then sweep it all up at the end. Right. Not, not really realizing the properties of this fake snow <gasps> are that it's incredibly slippery. Oh, oh, oh. So oh, no. we got to the end of the night, <gasps> and then. Nobody got hurt. Can I just say right now, okay, nobody right, got yeah. hurt badly. And then, so so what we did is we brought the blower out at the end of the night, by surprise, chucked 15, 20 litres of fake snow onto the blower, went all over the young people, flew into the air, it snowed for about three seconds, and then it all came down. And then you're shouting, don't move! Don't walk and anywhere! And then they started to fall. And it was like watching, you know that bit in um, Bambi? <laughs> Where she goes on the on the oh, ice. Oh, it was like that, but like but like times eighty with a like techno soundtrack. Oh, no. And they were all over the place and then they just started pushing each other <laughs> and it was and I was just like, I'm gonna lose my job, I'm gonna go to prison. This is this has gone terribly wrong. So there are you do kids that? going you everywhere. Do? I just I grabbed the microphone. I was like, guys, stand still. Stop touching each other. Don't push him. No. Does anybody, is anybody injured? And I started pulling people out. It was like a gospel illustration. I was grabbing, I thought I could save one more. I was like, gosh, can I get them to safety? I'm one by one, I'm bringing them out. Oh my goodness, And this thing, honestly, and then, then I've got my poor team. I've got to clear yeah. this thing up. I did see that photo on Facebook. And, and it just, whatever you did to this snow, it just, just all you did was just move it around. You you just like swept and it just blew up in the air and went to like a different camping, part so of it the... just never disintegrated. It just couldn't. You just, and basically oh, no. we spent about an hour trying to clean this up. And then the oh, next no. day, you have this wonderful, wonderful man who he wouldn't want to be named. He's a caretaker at our church and he was cleaning and scrubbing the oh floor. Oh my goodness. And I, and I said to him, I am so sorry. And I got to help. I went down yeah. to help him. And he was like, let me do this. He said, you had so many young people here last oh, night. It was beautiful. You didn't kill them. Well that done. None of them died. I'm so glad to be involved in cleaning this up. Oh, but honestly, honestly, I'm a total idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think these are what memories are made of, though. Oh, they loved it. I mean, for three were... seconds, they were Instagramming like I, crazy. I was going to say, it's the best party that Rygate has ever seen, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of work a lot for of three seconds. A lot of chemicals for three seconds. A lot of plastic. Sorry, um, environment. But what was beautiful that like, I really, really loved about your contemporary carol service, and can I also say, I think around the nation, the word contemporary carol service is used by churches as a way of saying if you don't like it, it's okay. It's contemporary, you don't have to do it. So I think we need to start changing that yeah. word, don't we? Because I just thought I was thinking this needs to become the mainstream. This is the way that carol services need to go. This yeah. is. You know, actually, the way that we currently do them are kind of getting a bit niche now. But anyway, but you started with four girls, yeah, teenage girls, back to back because it was in a round. Because we were in the round, and they hosted the evening, and they were extraordinary, oh, I have to say. And what was beautiful was that you, as the youth pastor, you had no visibility. You didn't open it and say, "This is my youth group," and now they're going. You didn't. You didn't mansplain. You didn't youth work explain. You just let the young people. Do it themselves, and I just thought that was really, really fantastic. I thought those girls, which which kind of leads us very beautifully into today's podcast interview, yeah. because we're talking a little bit about gender and how that intersects with our youth ministry. I think so many of us are much more aware of gender justice and making sure that actually we don't fulfil the stereotypes of boys talk about porn and girls paint their nails. But the subtle ways that sometimes 
we expect guys and girls to behave because of our own baggage or understanding around gender and stereotypes. So mm. you met up with Jenny Baker. I did. So we did a few uh, podcasts, didn't we? A series yes. of them about uh, gender issues. Yes, and we did with the book. Being yes. a woman yes. with the book and allegedly written by you. It was written by me. <laughs> and but we didn't talk to Jenny. No. And and actually Jenny is sort of the the great pioneer, yeah, isn't she? Is, yeah. That I think, um, you know, anybody who's been looking to advance the cause of women in youth ministry in this yes. country over the last two decades looks to Jenny Baker as the, yeah. if not the Pope, the, uh, the, the, the flag bearer. Absolutely. She's the, yeah. the flag bearer. So, um, so, yeah, so I had a chat with her and uh, it was going really well until a point which you'll, 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 hear, you'll hear it. It's another snow, another moment. moment. Such an idiot. But you're loved. You're our brother in Christ. And Jenny can stand how would you think? Here we go. Here's Jenny Baker chatting to Martin Simmons. The Youthscape Podcast. Well, my guest today on the Youthscape Podcast is Jenny Baker. Hello, Jenny. Hello. Jenny, uh, you have been, I don't want to offend you, but you have been involved in... Uh, youth work for about a hundred years is that accurate uh, yes not quite a hundred but uh, certainly 30 wow so that's a long time isn't it it is a long time um, and so in that time you've been involved in all sorts of things and and I was just trying to think about like what kind of conversation we should have because you you've done so many different things over that time um, but but we should try and sort of just try and name check everything. So do you want to do, do you want to do like a potted history of your career in youth work in like two minutes? Yes. Okay. Well, um, uh, I got a maths degree and I became a maths teacher for one year and, um, that wasn't totally successful. Um, <laughs> at the same time I got involved in Youth for Christ in Bath um, in my spare time and so then I left teaching and became a volunteer Youth for Christ worker in Bath um, with the legendary Gerald and Chrissy Kelly for anybody who knows oh, them. Oh wow yeah. Um, yeah and then um, then I got taken on to staff um, so I became a you know a paid youth worker for Youth for Christ and then um, I became director of Youth for Christ when Gerald and Chrissy moved away um in, in Bath still uh, and then um, I had a son and Johnny my husband and I job shared being director of Youth for Christ and then um, probably about um, uh, three years after that we then moved to London and I joined the leadership team of National Youth for Christ and I was the Jubilee director so it was Youth for Christ's 50th anniversary um, in Britain and I was in charge of um, leading the celebrations for that so um we did uh, an event called Function, which was all about discipleship training um, and lots of other things as well. Um, and then I um, I moved on from that, did um, another job, which I, I rarely mention because I'm so embarrassed about it. And okay, come I, on, this could be I good. Said, what, what? Hang on, what was that? I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to, it, it was, I'm not going to name it on air. <laughs> <laughs> but, this is the most um, intriguing it was, thing. It was, a, it was a very right-wing Christian organisation. Okay. That, you know, its values... Um, I mean, it, there were some lovely people there, yeah. um, but its values just weren't um, mine, okay. uh, if you see what I mean. I and do. Um, yeah, I was there for a couple of years, and, you know, I think we did some good stuff, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, I tend not to mention that. That's uh, brilliant. So then, I didn't know that. <laughs> then I worked freelance for about 12 years um, and I did loads of different things, um, which I love. So I did a lot of writing of resources, um, published, um, you know, quite a few youth work um, books. I did yeah. some notes for a youth Bible. So there is a Bible out there uh, with my name on the front. <laughs> which Which Bible did you write? Well, it was the, the new, um, today's new international version or okay. something like that. Um, yes, and so I wrote something like 800 little, you know, educational notes that are scattered throughout the Bible. Um, so, yeah, that, that was quite interesting. Wow. But then, yeah, I worked um, I worked with Damaris on the President for a Day um, conference, going into decided RE conferences in schools. Um, I worked with... Uh, Chris Curtis and um, put together the Breathe um, installation. So that was kind of... It um, must have been a dark period in your career, working yeah. with Chris Curtis. Yeah, that was great. I like Chris. <laughs> um, I, I set up the Sophia Network, um, you know, promoting gender equality and youth work with Sharon Pryor and Richard Bromley. Um, and then I was um, festival director of Greenbelt for a couple of years on a sort of interim basis um, in between sort of longer term um, directors. So, yeah, I've done lots of different things. You have. You've done hundreds of things. And, and before we get on to what you're doing now, um, it's just worth kind of checking in on, uh, you mentioned there, the Sophia Network. Yes. So, um, so wh- when was that? When did you set up the Sophia Network with those, those others? Oh, my goodness. I think... I think that was um, about 10 or 11 years ago, because yeah. I think they had their 10th anniversary last year. Yeah, so I was involved for the first five years um, of the Sophia Network and then sort of handed it over to um, some other people who have kind of taken it forward. Yeah. But, yeah. And it would just be worth kind of think, reflecting on on that, because um, people kind of, it's hard sometimes to perceive how the culture was 10 years ago. Um, and, and it would just seem to me that things have changed quite a bit in youth ministry in the last 10 years. So I, mm. I, I remember being involved in the planning of, of a youth work event in the, you know, probably 2006, 2007. So just when, when you would have been getting going with that. And we were still very much in the, in the phase of saying, right, we've, we've got a conference uh, main stage lineup. We know all the people we want. Um, we now need to find a woman uh, to put onto that main stage lineup, just so we don't get into trouble. Mm. That's where we were ten, maybe ten years ago. Yeah, uh, and we are now moving towards kind of gender equal platforms um, in some places. But I would say in the mainstream of of kind of Christian youth work stuff, um, you know, we've got pretty balanced platforms. So, so how do you reflect on? Uh, do you do you agree with what I'm saying? First of all, and and, and yes, how I do you think so. And I I think I think there's a lot of people that have been very intentional about addressing things like that, um, you know, uh, gender imbalance. So I think, um, you know, uh, Wendy Beach Ward doing uh, youth work, the conference and other people involved in that. And then, you know, the youth work summit, you guys were really intentional about um, trying to find, um, you know, excellent women speakers who had a lot to say and giving them a platform and often people who, you know, hadn't, um, 
hadn't had much of a platform before mm. um so yeah i think i think things are a lot better but mm. um i mean the reason why um, we set up the sophia network was i'd been in youth work for about 20 years at that time and um i can remember when i first joined youth for christ i was one of the very few female um center directors mm. and the youth work world was very blokey, if I can put it that way, yeah. in that there was, you know, lots of strong male leaders and a, and a very, you know, strong, uh, blokey, jokey male culture of youth work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt like um, over 20 years, really not much had changed. There were lots more women doing youth work, but in terms of the leadership of youth work organisations and um and like you say, the platforms, um, you know, of, of who got to speak and who got to lead and influence, it was still very, very male dominated. And mm. so with the Sophia Network, what we were trying to do was um, uh, address that, well, call it out, I guess, you know, kind of call attention um, to this and, um, uh, you know, try and empower the women youth workers so we did things like mentoring training we did communication skills training and all that kind of thing um but then also you know talk to people about um the culture of their organizations um you know the people they were in- inviting um to conferences and trying to get people to rethink uh, what they were doing and and of course you know some people might say oh, we don't really need the Sophia Network anymore, you know, that's done that's that, done its job. You've got other things like uh, the Project 328, which which is yes. um, which is doing a similar thing. Uh, you know, mm. do we really need that? But it's interesting. Uh, just as you were talking, then I was I was reflecting on um, on the leadership of the main uh, Christian youth work organisations in the UK. And I don't think I can think of one yet that is led by a woman. Right. So um, so this blokey jokey culture uh has has i think has vanished a little bit i can't i don't really think it it feels like that and i do remember it being like that maybe mm. 15 years ago yeah. um but but it's still interesting that we look at you know the big youth work organizations youth for christ urban saints scripture union youthscape soul survivor yeah. and they are all still led by men and then you'll have a woman fairly high up um, mm. we've got brilliant women in those organizations you know, Laura Hancock at YFC and uh, uh, Rachel Gardner and, and Lucy Shuker yeah. and others at Youthscape um, uh, brilliant um, Ali Martin at, at, at Soul Survivor there's lots of brilliant women but they're still not in that top top role um, mm. why, why do you think that is? Well, some of that, I think, um, is to do with the wider church culture and we still have a very um, mixed um welcoming of women into leadership so there are still some uh, evangelical churches other churches who you know that that is their view of how the world should be that you should have a bloke at the top a man mm. at the top sorry yeah, um yeah. a man at the top and a woman you know should be kind of second in command in a sort of more supportive role you know that mm. that's that's mm. the way god designed things mm. um so i i think it is quite difficult um i think um you know uh organizations that are dependent on um a wide supporter base yeah um need to be aware of um you know what what those supporters think and it's you have to be very brave i think to um uh you know um stand up for something that that perhaps your supporters um don't believe in yes. um yeah 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that is a good justification for why we, we do need to keep um, hammering on these doors and we do still need yeah. advocacy organisations. And, um, and I, I think we do see some really strong um, uh, women coming through in all sorts of places in youth ministry now. And, and I think that's, that's demonstrated by the fact that, um, uh, you know, the conference platforms are getting easier to uh, to fill actually with um, yeah. with with women, whereas uh, I remember when we were doing the youth work summit, we were basically having to um, give an opportunity to somebody who'd never spoken to 150 people, and uh, and they had to speak to a thousand people. I remember um, we had a year. I don't, I don't know what you think of this, but we had a year where um, uh, the youth work summit. Kenda Creasy Dean was having to basically pastor a series of young <laughs> women who were getting up to speak um uh for for the first time in front of a large audience and we'd put them on you know we only had one stage and it had a thousand people so yeah. so they were i mean they were literally you know you know spending most of the t- the time in the toilet there was a poor, <laughs> yeah. a poor woman who was throwing up all morning because of this uh you know because she just never had the exposure to it so we 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 couldn't ease her in gently we'd had to yeah. so um so it is is less like that now there's mm. more of a sense of that these organisations, these uh, groups like like Sophia, who've who've just l- paved the way, I think, um, yeah. for women on platforms and women in leadership, and uh, and and I, I I think you know I share your hope that quite soon we'll see um, you know a, a, a woman, one of these brilliantly gifted women, in in a leadership role in one of these major youth organisations. Yeah, that'd be great. But what a great thing to do to give those. Um, women who haven't had that experience you know to give them the opportunity to speak and yes it is terrifying but I think um you know I mean I I often say have often often said to people um you know if you're asked to do something you've never done it before just say yes as Mm. you know you're a woman just say yes and then work out afterwards how you're going to do it and what you need um because you know I think sometimes if, if we're scared if we've never done something before we then kind of discount ourselves and we can kind of opt out but actually if you make yourself do it um you find that you can step up and mm. you know you can um achieve something you perhaps never thought you could but um it, i think it's brilliant to have um you know taken upon on those those women and that that was probably a really significant experience for them yeah well i mean the the interesting thing from a conference organizing point of view has been um w- women are much more likely you, you know this women are much more likely to say no for a whole bunch of really great reasons. Um, Like, I'm going to put my family first, I don't want to be away at the weekend. Or, um, uh, you know, actually, I'm just not sure I'm qualified to do this, or I'm not sure I'm the best person, or I'm worried about my ego swelling. You know, these are all things I've heard from women. I've barely heard any of those things from, from men. Actually, I've heard some guys put their family first. Um, and, uh, And I've heard, and actually, increasingly, I've heard a couple of, uh, male speakers, Mark Scandrett uh, comes to mind, who's speaking at the National or spoke at the National Youth Ministry Weekend this year. Um, you know, won't speak on a platform that isn't uh, equal and balanced. So there's some interesting yeah. stuff coming back the other way. But it's interesting how 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 women often have a whole bunch of kind of uh, re- complex reasons why they feel like it shouldn't be them. Yeah, I mean, it's that imposter syndrome, you know, that I think a lot of women, I've, I've certainly struggled with this a lot, that feeling of, um, you know, you're, you've got to a position, but you shouldn't really be there because you're not good enough. And any minute now, you're going to be found out and yeah. somebody's going to say, oh, 
why, you know, why did we ask you? Or, you know, what have you got to say? Um, and I think, yeah, that internal kind of um, monologue is, is really unhelpful. And, you know, with anybody who has that, we need to be really aware of it and, um, you know, counteract it um, and get good friends around us who can um, help us to see ourselves in a different way. Yeah. So, uh, so let's jump on a little bit to um to what you're doing now um and yes. a couple of parts to that so so first of all t tell me about your your day job and you were also telling me before we started recording you were telling me about um uh the christian origins of that project as well yes so i work for red threads which is a youth work organization and um we um, put youth workers into health settings. So we have two projects um, at the moment, two main kind of programmes of work. One is the Well Centre, which is a health centre for young people in Streatham, which provides easy access to GPs um, and youth workers for young people. So we have a drop in there three times a week. A young person can turn up and see um, a, a GP, they can see a youth worker and um, they can see a mental health specialist. Mm. Um, so that's, um, yeah, like I said, providing really easy access um, to health advice, but also kind of bringing the specific discipline of youth work into that kind of context. And then our other programme is in hospitals. So we put youth workers in the A&E departments of hospitals, um, primarily working with young victims of violence. So right. if um, a young person comes in who's been stabbed, they will see our youth workers as part of their treatment. So the medics will stitch them up and our youth workers are there to talk to them about um, their life, how they got to this moment, whether they want to make any changes um you know our youth workers will help navigate all the different other people that are involved in their care because often um young people uh, might have a probation officer or a social worker and you know we'll kind of bring those um professionals together and work with the young people on an action plan for what they want to be different and um, we call it a teachable moment when somebody um is stabbed you know it's often a moment mm. when they think oh dear um yes. you know i need to make some changes in my life yeah. um, they're open to um uh, you know, somebody um, coming alongside them. And, and I, again, I think, you know, youth work as a discipline has something very um, special to offer to that because because it's a voluntary interaction. So, you know, um, uh, the, the medics do a fantastic job uh, kind of treating the kind of more physical symptoms. But, mm. you know, the youth workers are there saying to the young people, but how are you? Um, you know, yeah. what, what support do you need? What can I do for you? So it's much more holistic as an intervention than yeah. just patching someone up, essentially. Yes, and I think it really helps um, helps the clinicians in the A&E department because, I mean, um, it, it's been really interesting. So I've been here for about 18 months, and so, you know, I've met more um, doctors and consultants, um, you know, in the last 18 months than I have <laughs> in my whole life. Yeah. And um, you realise, you know, how dedicated um, these people are, and particularly our, our lead clinicians in each of the hospitals. Mm. They care passionately about young people, mm. uh, which is why they've invited us in. But, you know, their, their primary focus is... Um, you know kind of treating the immediate needs and um often you know um they don't have a lot of time to uh, dig any deeper or you know do the sort of um uh 
partnership working um, with other agencies who can help and so you know our, our youth workers really complement what they're doing um, really well and, and kind of build on that. So how do they feel about you? How do the medical professionals feel about you guys coming in? Is it very? Is it a very positive kind of thing? Yes, yeah, it's very positive. So um, we've recently set up in Homerton Hospital in Hackney, and okay. so we put a team in there. Um, they started working with young people at the end of July, and so sort of three months on, we had a launch of the service this week. Um, and so you know the consultants were. Um, really singing the praises of, of the youth workers. They're so delighted um, to have them there because they can see, you know, the added value um, that they bring um, to these young people. And, you know, the, the ultimate aim is to... Um, uh, stop young people re-attending you know yeah. to kind of break this for those of them that are caught up in a cycle of violence or exploitation to break that you know and uh, stop them coming back because um you know some young people their lives are chaotic and yeah. so you know they don't have a gp and so they will go to any um you know for lots of different reasons some more serious than others and particularly somewhere like Homerton Hospital I think which which has a much more local uh, kind of clientele they will see young people coming back and again and again and again um, and you know it, with youth workers there who can you know do some good quality youth work with the young people and um, help them kind of change their trajectory mm. uh, hopefully they won't keep coming back. So I, I imagine some people listening to this will be thinking, gosh, is this something I should be doing? So so I guess the majority of our listeners will be uh, doing youth work in a church context. Um, but they'll be they'll be kind of thinking, well, should I be getting down to the local A&E department or, 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 you know, hanging around outside cams or something? What 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 you know, do you do you think actually this is something which requires a, a professional organisation like like Red Thread, or do you think this is something that could be replicated up and down the land by local churches? Um, I think it would be difficult for a local church, particularly to to work in a hospital setting, just because of um, uh, I guess um, the hoops you need to jump through mm. to work in that kind of setting. So you know, our youth workers have an honorary contract with um, the hospital. Um, you know, they. Um, have to go through an, a lot of training uh, and preparation. Um, so I think, you know, to do that work in the hospitals does require a bit more of a specialist um, uh, intervention. But, you know, I mean, making, uh, building partnerships with health, um, yeah. you know, I mean, John Poyton, who kind of began this work in Red Thread, that's how he began as a youth worker who, you know, uh, got to know a GP and could see how, you know, he could contribute mm. to local GP practice. So, I mean, I think definitely, you know, there's there's space to explore mm. that kind of thing. Because there's but, a principle there. Yes, yeah. Definitely. So... Finally, Jenny, I mean, literally, I feel like there's 18 other things you haven't talked about, like, <laughs> you know, like, the, you know, you, your amazing children and the things they get up to and, uh, yeah. and, and, a, and a bunch of other stuff that we haven't got time to go into. Um, but um, uh, you, you've just been involved in a really exciting Kickstarter, successful Kickstarter. Yes. Um, yeah. Kickstarters are terrifying, aren't they? Because if they don't, if you don't get the total, you don't get anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so just tell us about uh, about the project. 
Okay, well, um, it's called out-of-the-box cards. And basically, um, what we're doing is creating greetings cards, particularly for girls in the first instance, that go beyond gender stereotypes. Mm. Um, And it came from an idea that I had three years ago when I was... um, trying to find a card for my niece um who she was she's in uh, she was in her early 20s then and she is the most incredible um young woman really mm. competent capable uh, fun you know energetic adventurous all those kind of words and looking at cards they were all you know about being pink and pretty and passive and posing and suggesting that the most important thing about you is your appearance and yeah. all that kind of thing and i just i ended up buying a card and then defacing it because the card had the <laughs> quote on a girl can be two things classy and fabulous which is a Coco Chanel quote yeah. I mean you know there's nothing wrong with being classy and fabulous but if that is your only aspiration in life yeah. then you know you're kind of missing out on a load of things so I just um, I wrote, crossed out the two things and I put many things and just wrote loads of other words on there oh, cool. uh, and she absolutely loved this card and it just got me thinking why is nobody else doing this yeah. um, and, and so it did take me a while um to kind of get going last summer um uh i suddenly thought if i'm going to do anything with this card idea i need to get some more people involved Mm. and that weekend my um now daughter-in-law grace said to me jen are you ever going to do anything with that card idea and i said oh funny you should mention that (laughs) so anyway grace has got involved and um she's brought on board daisy who's the most amazing illustrator who's done all our designs and um phoebe um who uh, has got a good business um practice and is just uber confident and kind of you know helps us feel that we can we can do it so that is the idea uh, behind out of the box cards so we did uh, an initial 18 cards for the kickstarter mm. um, we hit our target uh, within about a week mm. um, which was fantastic um, and the plan is to launch early next year to um, have a website to have a load more designs and then we'd love to get them into shops um, eventually but we'll have to see how that goes amazing so um where can people kind of find out more about this and access kind of and just see the designs and and, and have a look yeah. at this? Yes, I mean, um, we're on Twitter and Instagram, um, and so our designs are on there. So if you Google out-of-the-box cards um, on Twitter or Instagram, um, then you, you'll find us and you'll be able to see the designs. And also, you know, we'll post their details of, um, you know, where the website is and, and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. that's and, the best way. and they are absolutely brilliant. And it's really important to point out that... Um, that these aren't sort of cartoonish, man-hating uh, <laughs> cards. You know, these, these are just really positive messages, which you, you look at them and you think, well, yeah, obviously, in a sense, obviously this should be the messaging to girls. Um, but 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 actually, like, we've seen enough. We've seen enough of these awful kind of... Uh, you, you see photos shared online a lot, don't you, of, of um, boys' toys and girls' toys next yes. to each other and, and the way that they've produced a pink piano and a blue piano because obviously yeah. pianos can't be you know, blue and used by a girl. Um, That's right. And, and, but actually, these aren't aggressive in any way. It's just a sort of obvious rebalancing when you think about it. Yes, that's right. Yes. And, you know, like a card is is a very small intervention in the girl's life yeah. um, or anybody's life, you know, but um, 
you know, so I think uh, out-of-the-box cars on its own is not going to transform society. But, you know, alongside all these other kind of people, like we, we talked about a bit earlier about, you know, there's lots of different people sort of um, chipping away at the patriarchy and, you know, um, the gender imbalances um, and, yeah, trying to put across kind of positive messages. So, I, and I think it's really important that we pay attention to what we're saying to children and young people and, and even, you know, our friends. Like, I would send a lot of these cards um, to my adult friends mm. um so they're not you know they're not just for young girls um but you know we need to pay attention so that we're not inadvertently kind of um giving the wrong message or you know perpetuating uh, limiting stereotypes um you know we our sort of catchphrase is card that cards that expand horizons and that's what i want to do is kind of open things up um for girls and not you know not put them in a box that's why it's called out of the box cards um uh. Yeah. Now, uh, Jenny, I feel like as we come to an end, I, I feel like I'm trying. I'm, I'm I'm coming across too well on this interview. I've I've sort of pitched myself as uh, this glorious, you know, feminist supporter <laughs> of women. Uh, you know, all of these things are true, but I, I there is a dark side, and I need I need to confess it to you now. So, um, okay. Jenny, I'm I'm not on board with. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm not on board with a woman Doctor Who. Really. I just, I, so here's the thing, right? Here's, there's a couple of, just hear me out and then, and then, okay. and then you can tell me why I'm wrong. But okay. I feel like it's right to be honest about this. There's yeah, a couple of things. So, so first of all, I, I don't really, I haven't really liked the new series, the way it's been written. I don't like the writer really. I don't like the way it's been written. So it might be the words that have been put in her mouth, but I just haven't enjoyed Jodie as the doctor. And okay. I'm a, so I'm a really long-term Doctor Who fan, which is, again, another... That's probably a worse confession, isn't it? Um, but um, but the thing is, so I grew up with Doctor Who, and I, I had a pretty kind of, like... Um, I did not have a rough childhood, but I did get bullied and pushed around, and I was a bit sort of... You know, I was not a cool kid, and I was not a sporty kid, um, you know. And actually, Doctor Who was a bit of a lifeline to me as a, as a, young, as a young lad... Because mm. it, it, it kind of demonstrated that that a guy could be didn't need to be this kind of hero. He could be a bit geeky and bookish and and, and defeat the enemies, you know, with a screwdriver essentially. Um yeah. and, and that was really positive to me growing up. And I so 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 there's something I, I think I think there's just something about Doctor Who that I didn't think was I didn't think was broken, didn't need fixing. And actually that being a male character, it, it, he was a male character, and for boys he was a really positive male role model. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would just rather see brilliant roles written for women, a brilliant series developed involving space or adventure, time travel, etc., which had a strong female lead. Um, mm. Like The Hunger Games. No one's, no one's going to try and, you know, remake The Hunger Games with a male lead. Um, I just, I was like, I, I, I just think you're fixing the wrong thing. Okay, now t now tell me why I'm wrong because I feel I feel better for getting out. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, you are you're allowed your opinion, Martin. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not particularly a Doctor Who fan. I mean, I kind of think Doctor Who is a fictional alien character. So why are people getting so upset that um, you know this particular incarnation is a woman? But 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 I don't have that emotional attachment to Doctor Who. Yeah. That um, clearly you you have and well, other I, people. I love so it. I love it, and so I look forward to it coming out. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I I do agree that um, you know the 
the um, kind of answer to gender equality is not to um, have a female version of everything that's male. You know, it's it's about um, you know true diversity and kind of letting everybody flourish and you know um, explore what they want to do. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can yeah, I can see I can see your argument. Um, you know, I don't I don't feel particularly strongly um, either way. But I think you know it is it is brilliant when. Um, you know, we, you have strong female characters. So I loved the bridge, for example. Oh, yeah. I just thought she was the most incredible character because, um, you know, she was really quirky, unusual, um, but completely, um, you know, it was her series. So I absolutely mm. love that. So, yeah, I agree. We, we need more strong women leads. Um, yeah, not trying to copy male ones but you know kind of um doing their own thing yeah and, and to slightly argue with myself so i mean i think there's been some brilliant female leads in things like um uh cop shows there have been some things like happy valley and unforgotten and things like that that have been centered around a female character um but actually in sci-fi and fantasy it, it actually is still subtly male dominated so mm. um so maybe you know maybe this is a particular place where they needed to apply um you know this so i i'm i'm okay with it i just i just felt like for 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 true you know i I didn't want to come off as mr (laughs) you know mr developed 21st century man um without getting that out but nobody really cares about what i think about doctor who so to finish in a more important place so so out of the box cards you are um you're hoping to kind of get distribution for those in 2019 Yeah. Um. And uh, and and I think you know the the response to it has been amazing, hasn't it? Have you have you yeah. had a, have you had any kind of criticism on on that? Have you had anyone come back on that? I like. I hope the answer to that is no. Well, the only negative I've seen is Simon Mayo retweeted our um, Kickstarter thing. Yeah, and um, somebody put underneath. You numpties, are you serious? Oh. <laughs> but that is the level of trolling that we've had. So, wow. um, so yeah, we haven't had we haven't had people, um, you know, saying this is ridiculous. Or you know, I'm sure that I'm sure that will come. And you know, I'm not expecting everybody to love every card that we do. Um, I've done a couple of focus groups actually, and one focus group was really interesting. Um, where I mean, there was a whole mix of views in the room, but there was one woman, one woman who particularly felt that girls have to go through a pink phase, and that's a oh. natural thing. And um, you know, if you try and interrupt that, then you're going to damage them somehow. Which wow, I'm not quite, not quite sure where that came from, but um, yeah. Gosh, well, I mean, I went through my pink phase in in my teens, and I I came right. out of it the other side okay. Yeah, I I, yeah. I wore salmon shirts for for a while. I thought <laughs> it was just an attempt to you know fit in and uh, not fit in like to find my niche, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, but but clearly I'm 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 not damaged by it. So. Uh, anyway, Jenny, uh, <laughs> it's been an absolute delight to talk to you. Um, thank thank you so much for giving up your time and uh, and thank you for all that you've done for youth work and youth ministry over the years. I feel like we have not seen the last of it. Who knows what you'll be coming up with next? Yes, who knows? (laughs) We'll see. Great. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Martin. Bye. The Youthscape Podcast. Brilliant interview, Martin. Slightly excruciating, but who knows? Sorry about that. Yeah. 
But it's an interesting point about there doesn't always have to be a female version of a male thing. I, I do feel quite passionate about that, although I was very excited that it was a female Doctor Who. I think having got to the end of the series, mm. I think um, the biggest problem with this series of Doctor Who, this is a little bit off topic for anybody who's interested in gender Who. issues, uh, is that the uh, the writing is has been poor, uh, and uh, and the and the writer's a guy, so you know go figure. Mm. Um, I don't blame the fact that there is a female Doctor for the fact that a lot of people have switched off the mm. series of Doctor, and lots of people have switched on, uh, but the, the figures aren't great. The viewing figures aren't great, and uh, and I think it's just the writing has not been great. So as a dad of You've got three boys, one girl. I do. I've got a daughter, and we are also youth workers who are working with guys and girls. Are we seeing, are we seeing changes in our youth ministry? Are we seeing things changing mm. for young people? Because I, I love what Jenny says about that when girls still look at the wider church more broadly, there's still confusion. There's still areas of the church, practice of the church that won't accept women leadership, that won't champion a woman's calling. There's still a confusion. There's still a, a limit, a barrier to what they can do. I still have teenage girls say to me. Oh, I can't lead worship in my church. So my boyfriend says I can't lead worship. He's there, and you think, oh my goodness, this yeah, is still going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. There was a massive moment in. Um, in I know we talk about Soul Survivor a lot, yeah. but we can only talk about it for a bit longer. I know. Um, but but it was a massive deal that Ali Martin started to be on stage more, mm. doing some of the hosting and speaking, and that um, that Beth Croft and there were a few others before Beth mm -hmm. as well, but they started to have consistently great female worship mm. leaders and I think for uh, for young women and young men watching there's a subtle thing that happens at that point where you go okay so that can be me mm. I think um, what would be really amazing would be to see that flip actually flip completely the other way so that instead of it being like it's great that we've got some some women on the stage mm. it would be just great sometimes to have an event that that isn't in any way male-led mm. um and, and you talked about you know mansplaining earlier on I, so i there was a wonderful moment at the national youth ministry weekend um on the friday night and uh ali martin who was uh ali again uh who was um uh hosting co-hosting the event um got up to lead the prayer ministry time uh amy or ewing had just spoken and she was helping to co-lead that prayer ministry time the band, the KXC band, was being led by a different Amy, mm -hmm. uh, who was absolutely brilliant, who just, uh, who was kind of playing plinky plonky music in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and I just was, I was struck that I'd not seen that before, to have a room in, that wasn't a women's, it was not a women's not event. Not a women's event, no. It wasn't a women's no, event. Um, it was an event for everybody, and, and all the people leading. And actually, you know, producer Rachel at the back pressing the buttons mm. is... You know, last time I looked, also a woman. Yeah. So um, there's, the, you know, it was actually, it was just, it just, there didn't need to be yeah. a guy to make it yes. right or to explain it. And that is, I think, visually, that's so important, representation. That is so important, isn't it? And that, and that nobody made a point about it as well. Yeah. So we had at our church a little while ago, uh, three, three preachers we, we have sort of two or three preachers a night as we have our youth collective harrow youth collective and we have young people preaching we have adults preaching and we have one evening where we had three preachers and actually it was a young guy that actually introduced because he was hosting the evening and he he introduced the preachers and when he and he introduced them brilliantly and when he came down he came and sat next to me because i was right at the back and i turned to him and i said you have done something i never thought i'd ever live to see as an old woman here and he said what's that i said you've just introduced three preachers 
who are all female and you didn't introduce them as female yeah. preachers you just introduced them as preachers right. and there was something in me and he was like oh yeah but he's 23 mm. years old mm. you know he's grown up in a church where he hears women speakers and male speakers and and so he just saw three preachers and yeah. i just that in me that moment shifted and I think, you know, we need to get more female drummers so that we just have a drummer, not a female drummer, you know. And yeah, the, yeah. the more actually we can ha we can see women in all of these roles and men being kids pastors, um, yeah, yeah. you know, and running the crash. So actually it doesn't feel like, oh, we have a male kids pastor. Yeah, yeah. I think it really helps the next generation. Go, of course, you know, guys and girls do whatever God yeah. God calls us to. That's so, it's just so important. Now, you know, constantly you have this issue where you look at the young people in your youth group and, and you look at their... The, the behaviours they exhibit by gender, and still they tend to conform to some stereotypes and patterns. Yeah. And so there's always that unpicking to do mm. of, uh, you know, and we talk about this lots, um, you know, how much of it is mm. cultural and how much of it is, you know what, boys, because of the chemicals in their mm. brain and the, and the way their brains develop are going to be like this, mm. and girls are going to be like that, and how much of it is the church culture mm. telling them how to behave? Mm. Um, I, I don't know. What's been really encouraging for me, you know, around that service and other things um, uh, at Christmas, is seeing girls step up and say, yeah, I'll host, yeah. I'll read, yeah. um, you know, I'm happy to do the speaking stuff. Yeah. Um, and guys not being intimidated by that. And, and also guys getting out from behind the instrument. Yeah. And, and sharing something personal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, and I think you're right, because I've now got a little boy and a little girl in my life who both actually do kind of fulfil the gender stereotypes. My daughter likes doing certain things, colouring and jewellery. My son, he's one years old, he loves a football. He also loves pushing the football around in a buggy, a pink buggy. But I think I'm, I'm trying to do with them what I try to do with the young people in my youth group, which is rather than think, are you doing that because you're a boy or a girl? Think, what are you not doing that you might want to do that I can help you do? Yes, that's great. And I think that's, so rather than worry about how much of this is biology, how much is nurture nature, thinking are there certain aspects of their, of their personality and per that they're not doing because they think they can't do it. Um, and, and it is, as we've increasingly and excitingly as a church in the UK become much more sort of intergenerational and cross-cultural, and, and we kind of meet other cultures where there's other ways of doing guy and girl thing. There's going to be a strain there. I lead a prayer group at my daughter's school, and there are some dads that come to the prayer group who I think struggle that I'm leading the prayer group as a woman. But I think if we can kind of have that generosity apart, and I, and I think, well, they're in the room with me. That's amazing. Mm. So they might want to only look at somebody else or pray more when my husband leads it, but the fact they're in the room, I'm going to take that as a real win. Dude and honour the fact that this is probably quite challenging for them, but we're going to get there, they're going to get to know me. So I think there needs to be generosity across all sides, doesn't yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, love it. And um, is this the appropriate moment to tease my forthcoming book? <gasps> yes, it is! So, I'm it not mentioning really it. is! You haven't mentioned it before. Oh, come I, on! I am oh, writing I a, a historical romance novel Yes, about footballers! set across three <laughs> continents. <laughs> That sounds better than it, it yeah, actually it is. is. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's a book for teenage boys. It's brilliant. brilliant. So I essentially am writing the boy deconstruction yes. project. And I have to say, because we've been laughing about this for quite a long time, because ever since I started writing Cherished and Beloved and then the Girl Deconstruction Project, I have people emailing me saying, when are you going to write the one for boys? And I email back saying, never. I will never write the one for boys. 
But the question is, what is there for teenage boys who do want to read something similar? I did come and, and I did come and ask your permission actually. Because wow, I thought, is it okay to become the male Rachel Gardner? No, the male version of me. Yes. <laughs> is that okay or not? Oh, I think it's phenomenal your writing. So it's thanks. really good. So, I, really yeah, good. I mean, we will, we'll, we won't do a series of podcasts. We might do one. But, we um, but I, I'll find, I quite like to do, yeah. I quite like to get a couple of different voices. Yeah, absolutely. I realise we're having the planning meeting. Yeah, that's fine. On the podcast. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so it comes out in time for Soul Survivor. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. So, uh, I'll tell you more about that. That is really forthcoming good. podcast. Wonderful. Okay, well, it's uh, time really for us to wrap this up and let our dear friends go on into 2019. Yes. With the joy of the Lord in their heart and no ceiling above them. Wow, you've and got limits all to who they can be and what they can do. <laughs> God uses us because we're available to Him. That's why He uses us. Nice. It's right. beautiful. You're doing the closing so, preach. Let's do some shout outs. Okay. Yeah, so here we go. We have a new list of shout outs for the new year. It's brand new. So, do you want to kick us off with the first one? Yes, note? I will. So, I hope we've got your name right. But this is a lovely listener from the United States of yeah. America. <laughs> Uh, who's been uh, been in touch because she says she loves the podcast. Yeah. And we that was staggering, that was <laughs> staggering news to us. So uh, so it's Sarah Figuera. <laughs> and I'm really sorry if I mispronounced your surname, Sarah. Do get in touch. Uh, but Sarah Figuera, hello to you in America. Yeah, brilliant. Now, the next name is someone who is very dear to us. And I actually have to say, I think I'm in conversations where his name comes up so often, but I don't think he knows how much, really, he is loved in the youth oh, ministry world. What a nice thing to Dan say. Dan Randall, this one goes out to you. So Dan is part of a team that leads the Pays Project up in Burnley with uh, uh, Bryony and uh, Pete Baker. Dan, we think you're phenomenal. We have interviewed you once on this podcast, but we're saying lots of love your way. Dan Randall. Uh, I've got a double act for you Woo-hoo! here. They don't get uh, full names. They get one word each. Yes. Uh, and they are also going to get a vague geographical mention because they're Not from the sort of sure Reading area. We think. Still. But uh, but Westy and Connor. You know who you are. Who came to our podcast meetup at the National Youth Ministry Weekend, which we've not talked about, but it was really good fun. Really good. We had a podcast meetup and people came to it. Um, so Westy and Connor, hello to you. And also we are a podcast that loves to champion great youth ministry and great kind of theological insights and wrestling and all that kind of stuff. And we love the team at Nazarene College, youth ministry cohort there. So that's Aaliyah Pike, Robin Smith and others. You know who you are. We think you're awesome. Yeah, we champion wrestling. We champion wrestling, theological wrestling. Champion wrestling champions. <laughs> Uh, and there's a, there's a joke in there somewhere. There I've, is. I've we not found it. it. No, no, no. Now, the podcast is free, dear listeners, and always will be. That's our commitment to you. But as you know, these things cost money, and we would love to do more stuff and send more stuff your way. Um, so we are asking every week whether you would consider to become one of our Patreon sponsors, which means that once a month you give the equivalent of minimum, is it 79 pence? It's on current so it's exchange dollar. rates. It's a dollar. Yes, yeah. a dollar a month. Um, and that goes quite a long way to us kind of being able to fund projects that we do here and be able to do more things with the podcast. So if you would like to become a Patreon supporter, basically, you join the family. Can I say join that, the family. that I am a Patreon yes. supporter? I will become one. And, and, and you're not. But, um, but, but I am a Patreon supporter, but I'm, I just like to say, when it comes out of my account, I literally don't notice. Yes. Not because I'm a wealthy man, but because 79 people. Yeah, so it's patreon.com forward slash youthscape and I will sign up today actually. Will you? I will do it today. And when am I getting my present for those podcasts oh, yes. that I do? Rachel's got hers, which is Rachel's got hers. I will do yours. 
some point. So, dear listeners, we hope you've enjoyed it. We love you lots and lots and God bless you. Such an idiot. <laughs> Why were you doing that?